This podcast is sponsored by King Manual Therapy, restoring function to body and voice. Hello and welcome to Industry Minds, the podcast which discusses the importance of talking about mental health within the creative arts. My name is Kathy Reed, and this week I am joined by Christian Wall, Kyle Rowe, and Liam McLaughlin, who make up Jam, otherwise known as Just Add Milk. Hello, boys. Hello. How are you? Good. Are you? Yeah, good. <laughs> good, good, good. Good, good, good. They've all got a cup of tea. They've all met my cat, so... We love Poppy the cat. Oh, she's cute. Shout out to Poppy the cat. <laughs> so, to get started, we always start with a word association game. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to direct one to each of you. Okay. And you need to, you guys look terrified, but you'll be <laughs> fine. That's why I get in trouble. <laughs> and you need to just say the first thing that comes into your head, okay? So, Christian, we're going to start with you. Brilliant. Rainy Mondays. Uh, tears, sad films, chip flicks. <laughs> Bubble baths. Soap. Headshots. Shit. Toast. Uh, chocolate spread. Drama school. Oh, no. Spotlight renewal. Oh no. <laughs> Jam. It's, um, scholarship. Opportunity. Working class. Payday. Come on. Yes. I told you it could be anything. God, it could literally no. be anything. <laughs> so, boys, can you chat to us about your backgrounds? Let's go around and hear a bit about you all. If you introduce yourself when you start so that everyone knows what you sound like. Uh, hello, my, my name's Kyle, uh, and I, Kyle Rowe, and I'm originally from Manchester, um, uh, originally from Salford in Manchester, which is a big debate, because actually Salford's like its own borough, <laughs> outside, but anyway, um, um, background-wise, uh, I always used to play football, so I played football to quite a high level, um, and I was just a little shit at school, so it was only, it was like, I only ever really let football to kind of play, um, and then it wasn't until... Well, actually, it was in year six. I played John Lennon in like a uh, like an adaptation of a Yellow Submarine that me a six teacher had wrote. And, I, and everyone was like, "Oh, you need to do it. You need to do it." And I was like, "Nah, I'm not doing that. I'm not getting on the stage. Look how stupid I look." Um, and then just kind of as kind of time went on, I eventually like got injured playing football. So kind of fate decided kind of where I needed to go. And then I went to Loretto Sixth Form in Manchester, and kind of like my head of what was the head of acting, head of department, kind of took a liking to me and kind of like mentored me along the way and kind of pushed me in the right direction so I kind of came from like a performing arts sixth form uh, auditioned had like a manic year like just turmoil year which was just crazy um, which I learned a lot from about myself about me professionally and personally and as a human being and then re-auditioned got into arts ed and now I'm here yeah, yeah. now you are amazing do you want to go next, Liam? Yeah, I'm Liam McLaughlin. Um, I was born and raised in Greenwich, South East London, or Elton. And uh, I went to the University of Hull through clearing um, because I didn't get into Warwick or University <laughs> of East Anglia. <laughs> Christian is laughing at me. Um, and that was the best thing that happened to me because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I wasn't from uh, a background. I, I did theatre, I did a bit of acting and I quite enjoyed it at sixth form, but I really wanted to um, <clears throat> kind of learn or, or kind of find out what I wanted to do. So I, I in the end, I went to um, the University of Hull, did drama and theatre practice for years and then decided to take a stab in the dark and audition for Aura. And I went to Alra and studied uh, professional acting, and that was my MA. 
And then I met this guy to my left, Christian, at the Harold Pinter Theatre. Um, mm-hmm. And at the Harold Pinter Theatre, lots happened in that in that venue. Yeah, it um, did. A lot, a lot happened, but lots of good things happened. So I, I created my first theatre company, Moonchild, with um, one of our fellow or colleagues at the yeah. time. Um, and obviously, that's how I met Christian. Eventually, I joined Jam. Um, and in the interim, I, I gave up acting and then worked for um, Tara Finney. Uh, for free because that's how you got to do it you got to graft <laughs> to get the jobs um, and then it just went from there and worked at Theatre 5 for free as the residence producer incoming festival Arcola and now I'm at Park Theatre as the marketing manager um, and these guys asked me to join Jam after when was it after I put, we, well, we put the application in for mm. Digging Deep wasn't yeah, it for yeah. the festival and um, we haven't looked back since really mm. I thought it was going to be a temporary thing but um, it was kind of on a whim, wasn't it? Yeah. I remember with me and Carl, we were in a green park going somewhere, and I was like, I might just ask Liam to help us out. <laughs> I was like, should I just call him? And Carl was like, yeah, yeah. So it's like, hi, Liam. Um, I hadn't spoken to you for a, a little while, because yeah. he'd left the Pinto, I'd left the Pinto, we'd kind of gone other ways. Yeah. I was like, basically, we need you to write an application for the vaults <laughs> for us. Um, and he was like, yeah, right, okay. And I was like, we've got this really good show, because we'd met... Um, Amy Guyler, who wrote Digging Deep on Old Vic Connect, which was just amazing, wasn't it? Yeah, so um, and I was like, we've got this amazing writer, we've got this great idea, but like, I'm so dyslexic. <laughs> Kyle's dyslexic and dyspraxic. Help us. And also, it's such a game, isn't it? I'm sure we'll go into this more, but it's like, it's so easy to not get a place at like a festival like the Vaults mm. or the Arts Council or whatever because if you do one thing wrong we don't know any different of it whereas yeah. like people like Liam he'd done it mm. and done it and done it and done it for all these different festivals um, and basically without without you it wouldn't have been on yeah. there wouldn't have been anything in deep wow. no it's, that, that's yeah, the truth that is the truth yeah. because like, we, we looked at applications and we go yeah. yeah they're mint they're wicked and then like Liam would come on and be like well no he went, I've, I've started this one again <laughs> <laughs> But it's because we obviously... We, we were looking at it from this level, like Liam was up... Mm, not, yeah. not necessarily like above was looking at it, but kind of he'd done the steps, he'd done the team. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like Christian was kind of... Had decided that he didn't kind of want to be an actor anymore at this point. Mm-hmm. So he kind of had, you know, he kind of had the eyes of like this little bit of the industry, more like the kind of casting and agent mm-hmm. side. I was looking at it with kind of actor eyes and, you know, teacher actor eyes and whatnot. But Liam had kind of done it all. And yeah. so that was, I think that was the benefit of... And also, me and Kyle will convince ourselves that we can change the world. Yeah. Um, so we're Why like, not? We're yeah, and Liam will go, okay, can we just, what, what are we going to do first? And we're like, well, obviously, we're going to be millionaires. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's that, it was having that voice. Um, and obviously, that's led on to then, well, Liam's skills have developed in marketing and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And now we've kind of all got our own little bits, what we do. So, mm-hmm. like, I took control of the, I do the workshops. Um, and that's sort of like Carl said, I use my bit of the industry for that. Carl done writing workshops and acting workshops and is our admin boy. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then Liam does the marketing and the press and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then that's kind of now how we've got like a good running of it. Because yeah. it's daunting. Like when we, when we first did year 10, like I basically was the producer, yeah. but a second year student at drama school. Yeah. And but also, like when we yeah. done it, we were like, it was literally like, oh let's just do it like obviously we might get onto it in a bit but it was like let's just do a show let's just do yeah. it and then like things progressed like that just blew up like that yeah, fully yeah. blew up into like, the fringe 
and then like, we came back and we were doing stuff and then we was like oh are you registered and we were like no 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 it's fine and then actually we were like actually no like if we want to be serious and we need to be serious then we need to actually be a business and that's when yeah. it got serious and that's yeah. when it got scary because then <laughs> yeah. you know even just like just little things like keeping your receipts or Tax like returns. like you know like yeah. there was a point in which mm-hmm. when we first tried to register we were doing all this stuff under under the bracket yeah. just had milk but there was already a company registered company's house because we were just we were like just had milk third company and, or just had milk it was just had milk on it yeah. that. and yeah. then that was all registered and we're like oh my god like we've technically been running like just had milk yeah illegal. and we shouldn't yeah. be <laughs> <laughs> Every, everything just got a bit like it got real and mm-hmm. it was just it, it was such a quick turnaround and well like, it's even like the, the, the funny the like the simple examples that we used to use like just had milk at hotmail.com yeah, yeah and yeah. then Liam was like no, no, no. <laughs> we've, we've got that now. We've got that in yeah, stock in the UK, and it just, it just, it just adds a bit to it. Doesn't it, it? Liam, so, Liam's yeah. like, do you not know what G Suite is? And he was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, but like, coming across as a very uh, <laughs> no, <it's quite> not. <laughs> no, but it's just it, it was nice having those. This is why it works. It's because three people that bring yeah. really different skill sets. And, but all with the same goal. And energies. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that's why now it's like ah. Great. Christian, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> here we go. So, yeah. How small. Have you got? <laughs> yeah, I'm small. Um, so, basically, um, I come from, like, a single-parent family. Um, so, it's me, my mum, my brother, and my sister. Um, all my family from South London, but my mum moved to the Isle of Wight and then to Portsmouth. Uh, and then I moved back. Uh, I was, like, basically the first person in my entire family to ever go to uni. Mm-hmm. So, I moved back to London, like, seven years ago. Um, basically, when I was at college, I was like, I don't really know what I'm going to do. Like, I was just like, oh. But I used to do acting as, like, a teenager. I mm-hmm. somehow got into it then. Um, so I was like, oh, I'll just apply for drama school. But I had one of those career advisor chats, you know, that, like, no-one's ever, like, benefited from. <laughs> and I remember going in. <laughs> no, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went in, and he, and he was like, oh, what do you want to do? I was like, I'm going to go to drama school. And he was like, okay, okay, bear with me. And he went over to his computer, and he printed out, like, this, this obviously, it was probably a legit form, but it was like, oh, by the way, each actor's yearly income is probably around, like, £2,000, blah, blah, blah. He's like, you'll probably end up working at McDonald's. I was like, fantastic. Um, I'll see you later. Um, and then that was that. And then, yeah, so I applied for I applied for my first year and I didn't get in anywhere. So I went to East 15 and I did the, the foundation course. And then in my second year, I was like, right, I'll apply again, obviously, but I'll only apply to, like, student finance schools sure. and then obviously I got into Arts Ed which was privately funded and I was like yep yeah, of course yeah. Um, so literally just spent my first year writing to loads of charities um, and then that it all worked out in the end yeah so obviously topic of this podcast is mental health and um, let's just go around and chat with what your own experiences have been with mental health so that can be yourself or anything in your family or your friends that just how aware of it have you been um, yeah I think um, looking back on it now, I think I suffered severely, I think, in my year out. I think, you know, like all egos aside, I think I went into my auditions. I'd worked before, I'd worked in TV, I'd worked in film, I'd worked in radio, I'd worked on stage, and I thought that I was just auditioning to top up my skills. And then I didn't get in in my first year, and my mates had a flat in town in Manchester City Centre. And I just remember for like a year, just honestly just abusing narcotics to high heavens and drinking and not sleeping and going out and it was a mask and it was a cover-up and at the time that was just what it was but looking back on it now it really it was I can't quite tell you what it was because I don't know clinically but it was a form of mental health Mm -hmm. and like looking back on it now like looking at videos which at the time were obviously funny looking back at it now like it was awful and I think now I still have glimpses of that 
like not in terms of like the narcotics abuse, but the glimpses of borderline getting to the point in which I was yeah. mentally. But because I can register it as a form of mental health, I can see through it and understand how to get past it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I've lived, one, I mean, you know, kind of lived quite closely for the past couple of years with, with someone who, like, really suffered. He's kind of on the road to recovery at the minute, but I think it's... I just think we're at a point now where it's visible and I think we've been through a time where it wasn't visible or it wasn't recognised and that's nobody's fault. That's You can't point the finger at anyone. I just think it's more prevalent and there's more people around us, there's more accessible tools, more accessible people in order for us to be able to identify it. But I think for me personally, I've never gone... I've never been at a point where I'm, I'm like, I'm suffering. And I think that's because in the past, when I went through that time period, I, you know, I firmly believe and I've chatted to kind of people at the minute where I do firmly believe there's a lot of stuff going on in my life now that stems from my childhood and without getting Freudian about it I don't quite know what it is and I haven't quite put my finger on it but there is something there that stems from that but because I'm at a point now in my career and in my life and in my existence that I can kind of register that that's what it is I can see around it and see through it and kind of work out what I can do and I think that's the most important thing for anyone to be able to do is you know I'm not saying you have to be able to get through it or you have to be able to get past it or around it necessarily, but if you can register it, mm. and not necessarily, I'm not saying it's wrong because no form of negative mental health is wrong, but if you can identify it, yeah. I think that's the main thing to then mm. get the people around you on board. Yeah. Um, and I think like having worked, so I've got a lot of friends kind of in the industry have worked and they've kind of gone through sufferings. I think there is so much of it in the industry at the minute, yeah. but it's been recognised and I think that's the only thing you can do. Yeah. Like, I think that is the only influence you can have upon your mental health because whatever imbalance it is or whatever genes it is or whatever it is inside you, there's nothing you can do about it. I think it's just being able to understand it. I think that um, in this industry in particular, it's so hard to be like, actually, I'm just having a bad day. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, I need today to be on my own because especially when you're an actor, you feel that pressure of like, well, if I'm not doing anything today, that's a day that I'm not doing auditions or not writing someone so like you're like you're doing yourself a disservice and I actually had the most amazing advice from Louis Hammond who's a casting director like last year because he looked at my diary and he was like okay so when when do you do something for yourself and he was like do you know what you need to do you need to go in, into your phone and you need to put a K like one evening a week where you go that's my my day and he'd go but you don't feel guilty because there's not enough time to feel guilty you need to go actually no, I need that day mm-hmm. to, like, I don't know, do your washing or, like, mm-hmm. make yourself food or, Massive. or like, see your friend. Yeah, mm-hmm. And it's like, but you... I think it's the industry as a whole. You put so much pressure on, like, well, I'm not doing my best. I'm not at my best yet. Well, this person's doing that and I'm not doing that. And and it's just like... So you just need to take a step back and it's so hard. Yeah. But, like, I think what's amazing is that over the last couple of the years, it's similar to what Carl was saying, it's, it's the awareness. Yeah, like, because... Massively. When I was, like, 16, I got diagnosed with, like, a long-term illness called Addison's disease. And, and it was, like, really, really tough. And so, like, I went through counselling and blah, blah, blah. And then at the time, but you don't really understand it. That's it. And it's, it's similar to what Kyle was saying. It's like, you feel all these feelings and you're just like, well, like, does everyone feel like that? Like, do you know what I mean? And it's like, mm-hmm. at what point do you come out and go, actually, no, like, that is my mental health and it was that way at that time. But then exactly what Kyle said is then you learn, I think it's, we obviously the generation where we learn to overcome it along the way, mm-hmm. whereas now it's like, it's like this, like industry minds, like you're offering the help. 
Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And that will speed up the process for yeah. someone so it doesn't take four years. They can ask for help. And also, mm-hmm. it's like, who do you ask for help? Like it's but also, I think it's, it's that kind of thing. It's, you know, we are, like, we are our own product. And, like, you're never going to walk into a shop and buy a product that's got a warning sign on it. And that's what we are. We're never, mm. I don't feel, like, if, like... During the process, if I, for example, we go into rehearsals for Who Cares, I feel comfortable saying, I'm, I, you know, I'm struggling today, da 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 da, da because I'm there, mm-hmm. it, I'm in the job, I've got the job, yeah. ultimately, and I'm working with that. Whereas, walking into an audition room, I'm going, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm not feeling great. Like, it, it does, and it's horrible, but it does ring alarm bells. It really does, like, for whatever reason, just because... Not allowed. I think that's the wrong word, but what I'm saying is, like, I don't think doing it, I don't think I could do it in an audition room because I don't know why. I, yeah. But what I'm trying to say is that, like, I'd feel so much more comfortable doing it mm. two weeks into rehearsal process or whatever, but it is that understanding and that awareness yeah. that allows you to progress. Is that mm. the right word? Mm. I don't know if it is to progress, but... It's moving forward, yeah. knowing that everything's actually okay and you're allowed to feel that way at that time. Okay. Do you know what I mean? It's accepted, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I was quite um, late to this. Um, my mentor a couple of years ago was going through some. They were going through some bad patches at work, and it wasn't until then that I realised it was such a big thing. And merely observing it on things like Twitter, people becoming more vocal on Twitter made me more and more aware of it. And then it hit me. I went through um, a very nasty breakup after three years and lost my job which I loved as well at theatre and that just it was honestly the worst couple of months of my life ever um, and so I threw myself into sport and that was my that was my uh, evening with Kay on it that was yeah. that's what I did basically I threw myself into sport to help combat it um, so in a way I'm lucky because I was able to throw myself into something straight away but um at the same time, we were producing Digging Deep, and it, you know it showed me um, Amy's writing was. I mean, it is extraordinary. Her play was outstanding, um, and it just showed me more about how many people it affects, and especially um, male mental health. There is definitely a taboo there still. Mm-hmm. I, I thoroughly yeah, believe well. it, yeah. and I think. There's this idea of a macho man still, and I see it in the streets, I see it on the trains, uh, I see it when I commute into London every single day with the men in the suits. There is this bravado uh, persona that a lot of them put on, and I don't think that helps. Um, and I think that's links to things like um, this whole arrogant attitude around things like football and going to the pub, and I know that's quite... Um, that I've kind of appropriated a, a culture of bravado men, but to me, that's, that's what it is, and... I see it more and more now and no wonder it's so taboo because you are weak if you come out and speak about men's or your own mental health. That's yeah. how people on the other side, I think, mm-hmm. view us or those who can come out and speak about it. So yeah, um, for me, the journey's still going. I'm still learning about it, I think. Definitely. Um, uh, but dig- digging deep was, was, the, was the moment we've got to really explore it and, and to be able to produce something like that and yeah. we linked up with Calm um, mm-hmm. and I learned a lot from, from those guys as well at Calm and to get those volunteers in every night after the show and to, to chat to the audience about um, uh, anything that they saw in the show that night was, was really special so 
But all, all, also that kind of blew us away with digging deep, wasn't it? And as it because it was on that topic of men, mental health, it was the reaction from the audience. Mm. Like it was crazy. Like you just mm. had like grown men who would come. Like my mum bought her friends and blah blah blah, and we had this person bought that person, and like these grown men were coming out like in floods of tears yeah. and like coming up to us and like being like thank you so much like, yeah. like that was my first trip to the theatre and yeah. like I never thought it'd be something like that and do you know what yeah. I mean and it's like it was like oh yeah like we've done something good here it just proves how needed it is yeah. when you get that kind of reaction from yeah. everyone and, and we're the same when we got the reaction to the podcast from, from everyone hmm. we just realised how, how needed it was and how yeah. it's yeah, literally it's what the company is founded on isn't it it's like yeah. giving unheard voices yeah. Yeah. a voice yeah. Um, and that's what we're trying to do and like it's not that you don't do it for like praise or whatever but when you see that it's actually like touch someone yeah. that's what Absolutely. good fear is when isn't it, comes it? Off, like, isn't it really yeah. Yeah. not that you're putting it on to come off but when when you're doing what you're doing and, and, and it's got them rewards it's just it yeah. makes all that more worthwhile of course I mean like there was yeah it was mad and like my family like and you know I come from well family kind of like very old school Irish kind of really not kind of in touch with modern world and kind of like my dad after the show like took me to the side and he was like are you okay and I was like yeah like why and he was like just like what I seen on that stage and that's our job as actors but ultimately like him saying that to me kind of made actually made me take time to myself and mm-hmm. ask myself whether or not I am okay yeah and kind of you know was I just going through the motions of what I was doing mm-hmm. and I think you know it takes that to just check in with someone just to check that they are okay that everything is okay yeah and check again just yeah. to make sure yeah 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 check, check once again. check, check twice and then you know don't bang on about it just say okay well you know I'm here if you need me I'm yeah. here you know where I am pick up the phone send me an email whatever um, yeah. and just little things like that man like it was just like yeah it was it was special and yeah. hopefully fingers crossed it's not the end of it like it's on the back burner for the time being but hopefully you know in the time to come we'll kind of see where it goes yeah, but, yeah amazing well, well let's get on to jam let's talk about just add milk um which i've been aware of since my second year because i think we were in the same yeah. year yeah, yeah, yeah weren't we on, yeah. on opposite courses yeah so been going since about 2016 yeah. yeah so how about you tell me about it so basically it was the idea that we would probably never act in a show ever again together together as friends Mm. so we said it would be a really good idea to just take a show up to Edinburgh Fringe spend loads of money spend loads of money that none of us had and then just go because we thought do you know what why not go out of a bang because we knew that summer between second and third year was your basically our last summer in education where you have routine and you have somewhere to go Mm -hmm. so So don't don't go to Ibiza don't go to my (laughs) (laughs) go to Edinburgh Fringe Um, and that was the idea then we thought do you know what we'll we'll just take the show up to Fringe um, have a great time and then come back do third year and all be Hollywood superstars Mm. and um, and then then along the way they were like okay so what's your company name and we were like um at first it was like just had water was it just had water it was just had tea just had tea yeah and we were like (laughs) we were in the car weren't we we were in the car um, and we were like just like these ideas ideas and then I can't remember who it was um, and they're just like oh just had milk jam and we were like and everyone goes, why just have milk? And our answer is, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and we had yeah. this rogue idea that at Edinburgh Fringe, we would hand out those little milk sachets. 
And then um, we were like, oh, that's thousands of pounds. Literally. We had all these mad ideas. Yeah, we just like, we were like, what can we do? <laughs> and then so we just settled for like pouring two pints of milk over oh, Kyle yeah. for like a promo picture. Yeah. Um, <laughs> brilliant. Was you, it was brilliant. But, but that's know. where it came from. And then it's kind of, it kind of, so we did the transfer of, Year ten at the Tabard mm. in the October of Chiswick Playhouse. Chiswick Playhouse. The, the f- no, it was the Tabard at the time. Yeah, it was the Tabard at the time. Well, you didn't, play, you didn't that, play in the Chiswick Playhouse. <laughs> um, and then we were like, so we put it on the back burner. We did that in the start of third year, and then when we left, we were like, well, we might. What can we do? Like, we might have something here. Like, yeah, yeah. And then it brings us to twenty twenty. Mm. Yeah, I think you know. I mean, we're probably going to later, but like. We sat down and we were like, you know, we were students and we were paying all this money to go and see theatre and all this theatre and it was just empty. Like it was mm. theatre, it was like it was just empty art and it was theatre that was being made for profit and not for like change and like that's it was commercialised and it was, you know, it was just. It wasn't telling stories that were present in society today. Like mm. it wasn't challenging society. It wasn't voicing society. It wasn't resonating what was going on in the world we were, the world we grew up in, the world we were living in, the world we're going to. And that's when we thought, you know what, like we can do something about this. Because at the time, to us, the industry looked like we were staring down the barrel at an industry that would, to us was inaccessible. At the time, it was it was bored, well, borderline inaccessible. It was elitist to us. You know, everyone's kind of got their own opinion and kind of. You know, that's when we kind of sat down and went, right, like, let's do something about it. And I think, you know, since we've left, a lot of the kind of the workshop stuff has come kind of from Christian's knowledge and the people Christian's met along the way. But at the start, the workshops we were doing. It was friends, wasn't it? It, it was, was like friends, but the people that we'd met at, but the people we'd met at Art said, like, the yeah. people we were exposed to and the people we'd met there, that's kind of where it started. Then they put us in touch with people. Obviously, Christian met the people along the way, Liam had met the people along the way. I just sat in the corner and smiled and looked pretty while leading them. <laughs> um, but. It kind of... Basically, that was our issue. When we left drama school and, and Liam had the same, it was like, right, I can't afford £50 to go and do this workshop in town every week. Like, who's doing them and who's paying for them? Yeah. And we were like, well... And I, and I sat down one day and I, I remember chatting to I one of the casting directors that came in early on and I was like, right, what's your fee? And you're like, okay, so where is the other £500 going like do you know what I mean mm. so we had this idea of like we said we'd do one workshop a month didn't we mm. and like now we're doing two three four a month because mm. we were like well if all it takes is someone to put the cogs in place and then the wheels will turn do you know what I mean and like yeah. if we can give these um, opportunities back like uh, it was Jake Jake came to one of the workshops Jake Lowe he was an actor of the year above us mm. and he was like you're paying 20 quid or whatever to go and sit in a Q&A filled with other actors, a leading casting director, you get to get all your nervous questions out because they know it's a workshop, you're yeah. doing a workshop. Then you get to work on a script for a couple of days, get a 10-minute slot, you get to perform that script, bounce off, and then when the next week you get your audition through, you're going in it with that like confidence mm. and that attack. But it was that as well, was it? And it also, it's this fear of when you leave drama school, it's like, right, if I don't get a top agent, well, I'm not going to get the auditions, I'm not going to meet the people I want to meet. So you're constantly, again, you're fighting that battle of, like, what do I do? What do I do? What do, I do? And like, our idea was, like, okay, let's give the people, let's put those people that can't afford 50 quid, but they can afford 20 quid every couple of weeks or every yeah. month, put them in a room with these great people and see what happens. And I think it was mad, wasn't it, last year? 
we had like it started to proper roll in like like Emma Sylvester from the BBC came in and then the next day like three of the people out of the 15 had auditions for uh, Holby okay, City yeah, or Casual yeah. or something yeah, well, and then and some Callum yeah Callum it. booked the job and he, it was like that's why we're doing yeah. it yeah. like that is why we're doing it because and then it's happening more and more yeah. isn't it Matt Shepard has been incredible for yeah. getting self tapes and blah 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 and it's because the people that are coming in and when we when I email out about the workshops and I'm always like right we'll email in off the back of Digging Deep which promoted mental health or who cares which promotes muscular industry etc this is why we set up the company this is why we do the workshops let me know if you want to be involved yeah like we it's never treated like a business transaction and also like and this is very controversial but I'm sure people will agree with me everyone wants to be there Mm-hmm. When yeah. I went through my three years, there were certain people, certain individuals who didn't want to be there. They were in it because Hollywood was waiting or something. And just to be in a room of 15 people who want it mm. and you can see that they want it is just like beautiful. Yeah. Like there's no like, oh, he might get the audition. Oh, she's got the same hair as me. It's just let's get together like, and let's just do what we want to be doing and I think for me that's the most rewarding bit about it and then then for that to happen for people to get jobs for people to get opportunities and just just, do you know what I think like one of the most beautiful things is I live with Callum and he just turned around to me afterwards and and another friend Archie and they just said thank you so much and you know that that is just and what we try and do is like it's kind of just like a safe space so you come for the Q&A and then while people are going in and out for their workshop like slot we all just sit there and have a chat like, do you know what I mean? And people are like... So nice. They're like, oh, yeah, that's great, because, like, when I've done other ones or whatever, it's just in, in out, in out. And, and we're like, no, like, ask us questions. And, like, mm. the amount of, like, agent emails that I've redrafted or headshots we've looked mm. at. and Because, like, Why it's not? not for money. Yeah. We're not doing it for money. We're doing it because we just want people to have opportunities. So good. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. All the money that we make from anything goes straight back into the, the company and the shows. And yeah, so that's... We do it with a massive element of care like that's mm. I love that yeah I love that we, we can only do Vault Festival this year because we've done so many workshops that have been successful so we put that money straight back into the shows we haven't pocketed mm-hmm. any of it no yeah it's like and the thing is it's like it's, ro- it's sort of like with anything isn't it like we started out with our friends and then we had Krishma come in who's the head of casting oh, the the best. and yeah. Simon Stevens and he was like yeah get me some Kit Kats and blah blah blah, blah. yeah and, and a cup of tea was it, like, no a Twix a Twix it was Twix we bought like 15 Twix yeah there, Simon yeah. Stevens <laughs> literally came in do you know what I mean and we were literally sat there like oh my just god tea. just that yeah. tea exactly <laughs> yeah. so just that tea but he came in he travelled all the way from East London and he came in and I, I was looking at because I go in and like just run them or host them, and, mm. and I was looking around the room like eighteen people just staring at this man, and I was like, yes, like yeah. we made this happen. It was bonkers. It was mad. Like and he's bonkers. And he's yeah, he's bonkers. <laughs> like he's a genius. Yeah. And like Philip Ridley is like our biggest patron for the workshop. Yeah. So like, comes in every year. Like next week. Isn't it? Yeah, he's in yeah. next week. Double one. You are kidding. Yeah. And like, like who? When you're like wanting to be an actor, and I started reading plays really late to like seventeen, and I read this play by Philip Ridley, Vincent River, and I was like, "This has changed my life." And I had the same feeling when I read The End by Anna Jordan, but that's just because I love her. But like, when you're like, <laughs> it is that feeling. It is right? a, when, like what? So hold on, this man who's written this so book. many of these amazing plays that everyone knows about is emailing us. Is emailing us and going, "Yeah, when's our next workshop then?" Oh, like, can we do another workshop? Because he loves it, and like yeah. the the workshop hosts that come in, it's like the kind of thing where we're all like. Right, who's waiting around for a pint at the pub then? Mm. So we can all, it's just, it takes away the 
oh, so wait, so I've got this. It takes away that anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's what, yeah, I, it's what I say when I'm working at Arts Ed as industry liaison, people are like, what do agents look like? Or what do casting directors look like? They look like you, me, everyone else. Yeah. They're normal people. Mm-hmm. But it's this weird thing. It's like you think they have all this power. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, casting directors, they want... They want you to get, get the job because you're you yeah. make their job easier. Yeah, someone has to get the job, which I'm still telling myself. Well, an completely. Actor, like, <laughs> still not doing well, we it. We did we did that in our creative series last year. Like the producer might seem like the big scary person, but if the casting director doesn't get the people in for the director, and then the like it, it's all just this big circle where everyone needs everyone yeah. basically. But because I think as actors, we're kind of conditioned to think that we need to be like oh please give me a job please yeah. give me a job because there are so many of us and yes there are so many of us but that shouldn't diminish your 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 worth and your value yeah. and what you think of yourself and you know what the worst thing in the world is when an actor walks into an audition room and is apologising for being there yeah. and it's the same with an agent meeting it's like it's, it's not even a bad thing they're not doing it on purpose they're so grateful but also like you want an actor to walk in and fill you with confidence mm-hmm. like do you know what I mean and, and I think everyone forgets it if you're in that room that says something already because you're in there. Do you know what I mean? If you've got a place at drama school, well, 6,000 other people didn't, so, like, take that as the biggest confidence boost you need. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're doing it, you're out there. And the fact that, like, actors wake up every day and they're, like, still going, that is a medal in itself, isn't it? It's that... It's, like, amazing. Completely, yeah. So today I am in the King Manual Therapy Clinic in Covent Garden with the wonderful Stephen King himself and he has been conducting some new research which he's going to tell us about and it's absolutely fascinating. Stephen, take it away. Okay, thanks Cathy. So I had a question which is, is singer's acid reflux really what we think it is? And I think the answer is no because over a five-week trial period, 100% of the subjects have been cured of their symptoms of acid reflux. I mean, you can see the graph here they can't it's a good graph am i right i can see the graph and it's a great (laughs) graph so we put together a successful treatment protocol to alleviate the symptoms of singer's acid reflux and for now it's working in 100 percent of cases whoop whoop and where can people find out more about the research that you have conducted? So I'm in the process of presenting it and publishing it next year at the World Voice Teachers Expo and hopefully at the BVA. And this work is going to be written up into a paper and published by me. So look out on social media, that kind of thing. But I'll be posting screenshots and stuff all the time. So make sure you check it out 2020. It'll be properly published and it's very, very interesting. So thanks, Stephen. Thanks for having me in the clinic again. Thanks, Cathy. If you'd like to book in with Stephen or one of the team at King Manual Therapy, go to kingmanualtherapy.com where you can find all the options. So obviously you were saying um, in your last answer that you don't make any money yourselves from this, you put everything back in. So I'm just going to tie like a couple of questions together. Why do you guys think it's important for all artists to have equal access to opportunity? And would you say that that's kind of your mission statement as Jam? I think the mission statement is, as we discussed earlier via our WhatsApp group, <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> <It> never stops. <laughs> the mission statement is giving unheard voices a platform. And under that, there is a ton of umbrellas of, of different things like the Jam Scholarship mm-hmm. and doing shows about unheard voices and so on and making the workshops affordable and accessible for people that we adhere to. And we try and make everything that we do as accessible and affordable for everyone mm-hmm. as possible. Um, I think, would you both agree with that? Yeah, that's, that's, that's our statement. Absolutely. And it took a while to kind of 
craft. Yeah. yeah, and when I joined, I was like, well, this is all amazing what you're doing. Mm. So let's get some structure in place. But what are we actually doing? Like, what what is the purpose of this? Because yeah. so many companies and in theatres actually as well don't have. Um, don't have a mantra don't have a mission statement and once you've got that i think it was, it was much easier for us to kind of go right well what are we yeah this what are we and, and what so we're doing and why yeah. doing it. when we don't bump those prices up or we don't increase the spaces on those workshops and they never go above 17 places in those workshops that is all, it all goes back to our mission statement which is to give unheard voices a platform across everything um so yeah, I, I, we, we think it's incredibly important. Um, I think for too long, personally, um, the elite have ruled in this industry mm. and mm. it's, you know, the whole joke of what was, it's who you know, not, you know, and, and that was definitely true and it still is true. Mm. Um, but I think times are changing. I think you've got brilliant venues like New Diorama Theatre and Bush Theatre doing things like groundbreaking work um, bringing in new artists new we're lucky enough to benefit from the New Diorama yeah because we're one of the emerging companies for New Diorama and they've given us a lot of help um, but having all of these it's the youth having all these young companies and incredible um, pioneers like David Byrne at New Diorama Theatre um kind of changing the the landscape of what off west end fringe theater is um for us because without what they're without what they're doing for us we we wouldn't really be here i guess and things like bolt festival as well and and all the other fringe festivals um and that just levels the playing field i think for everyone um so i think it's It's people not being afraid to take the leap of faith yeah like that's it it's like actually let's just give it a go yeah. and if it all goes like tits up yeah. oh well like, we, we tried yeah. literally yeah. for too long it's been about the money yeah. and and now that's been flipped um, I talk about New Diorama again they, I don't know if you know what they do but they most venues say you want to come to our venue great then pay £1,500 a week to use our space but New Diorama have flipped it and said right we'll give you ten grand. You spend that ten grand. Obviously, they'll produce it together and give them guidance, um, and then we'll make the first ten grand back on the ticket sales, and then it's a split. So there's no risk on the theatre yeah. company, and it's little things like this that really levels the playing mm-hmm. field, and will benefit us going forward. Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed, one day we get to do yeah. how to run Showing a new diorama. But the the point is, there are people out there, like us, who are trying to give everyone an opportunity, um, and and doing things like that, giving a company, a young company, any company money and uh, less risk to do a show which is what we are here to do is so important Amazing. and also that, that links very well to the scholarship and how that came about yeah. so we thought as similar with the workshops like right what what didn't we get when we were at arts head or, or at drama school or hour or uni and how can we improve that so kyle had the idea probably about two years ago he's like right let's pay for an actor's headshots a second year actor's headshots and um we thought Okay, yeah, like that is amazing. I remember when I was in second year, I was working like six nights a week at the Pinter to pay for my headshots, <sighs> and then I collapsed in night and ended up in hospital yeah, for a week. Because um, basically, Addison's is all linked to fatigue and blah blah blah. Yeah. And I just, I mean, do you remember? I just literally just fell to the floor. I was just done. Like, I've been there a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, and it was because I was so stressed out that I wouldn't be able to pay 400, 500 pounds. So I was like working, 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 and doing school, and then that was it. Um, and then we were like, right, so that. So then, 
um, Carl was away on tour last year and was like, right, we need to get this moving, don't we? We had these ideas. We were like, right, let's do it for graduates. Let's do it. Yeah. And then we were like, actually, no. When we all sat down and thought about it... Liam. Yeah, well, sorry, when Liam <laughs> sat down and thought about focus it. Focus it. Focus it on this. Yeah. There's a theme here. Yeah. <laughs> we got here some ideas. Watch your focus on me. Yeah, yeah. Help us. No, joking. And we were like, focus. what we did with the, the 2019 one was it lasts for three years. So it starts in second year. Um, and it, so Madison, who was our winner from Aura, who's absolutely amazing, she'll get, uh, so she's just had her headshots with Sammy Black, um, and then she's got lunch with um, Olivia Bell next week, and then the week after she's got lunch with Faye Timby, who's casting director. So she's got that this year, and then going into uh, third year, she's got... Um, meeting she's got, with Lisa Sperling. Yeah, she's got a meeting with Lisa Sperling, she's got free theatre tickets, she's got an Oberon book voucher. Yep. Um, and then she, when she graduates, she's got a place on Film Club, which is an actor training, mm-hmm. and she's got a show reel from Self Tapes. Six free workshops with us. Yeah, six free workshops with us. And then the year after, she's got a tax return. So we were like, do you know what? Yeah, what does what do all of these things do? And we was like, right. So her being able to meet an agent for the first time before she gets to third June worries about not getting meetings, getting meetings. Mm-hmm. Like that takes away that stress of the pressure. The this um, headshots is obvious. Like it's the massive financial worry gone. Yeah. Um, and like it was, it was. Do you know what the the best way to describe it is? Her reaction to winning, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I can't say it because it was too explicit. If and you go on her Instagram, if you go on her Instagram, it's on there. But it's on there. She just like she nearly burst into tears because she was just like it's that thing of like oh my god, like. And I met up with her for for lunch at the weekend because she's got these meetings and she wants to bat around some questions. She was like, I still don't really believe it because, <laughs> like, she works at Starbucks every weekend. And she was like, mm-hmm. like not like those headshots. She was like. I've been worrying about that for a year and a half. Since I got into drama school, I'm already worrying about second and third year when I've got to pay you for headshots and X, Y, and Z. And that's the problem with being like working class, etc. Yeah. is you're always worrying about the next thing and you can't just enjoy Focus on now. What you're doing, yeah. 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 Like for her, second year at drama school, third year at drama school has changed now. Yeah. Like, yeah. yes, she's still gonna have to worry about travel and X, Y, and Z. But she's got two grand that she wouldn't have had, not from us, but opportunities. that, that, that £2,000 in opportunities that we've given her yeah. is saving her £2,000 of her own hard-earned money yeah. Yeah. To, to, to do those other things around And them. also some of those things that they can't put a price on them. Yeah. Like, oh my God, if we could all go back to second year drama school and okay. be taken out for lunch with an agent. <laughs> oh my God. Like, completely break down that barrier of yeah. use this agent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but also the... God, I love a little stem of thing, but like-minded individuals is the reason that happened because I emailed a lot of people last year. Uh, a lot of them were like friends and some of them weren't. Like I didn't really know any accountants next one's head and it's those people that care about changing and breaking down those barriers is every person that gave to that scholarship because like Sam is a very busy headshot photographer and I yeah. guarantee oh, he oh, didn't have an oh, afternoon oh. session for him, yeah. but he's made it like... Faye like giving up lunch and like a tax return do you know what I mean yeah. like, the fact that these people have just stopped in their day and read the yeah. email and gone oh yeah we'll do that for free yeah. I don't downplay what, what we've done because I think we put a lot of hard work into mm. it but it wasn't hard Yeah, it honestly wasn't mm. hard we asked people would you give up some of your time some of your profession to a winner of this scholarship mm-hmm. and it'll be worth X amount and then that will help them progress in their career mm-hmm. that's it it's really simple so why aren't more people doing yeah. it and then don't it feeds. do it because we want to win yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we you want to make it bigger and better every year course, next year right. we want to do this year in fact yeah. we want to do two scholarship winners and I think we probably will yeah. do you guys yeah. know that <laughs> you're looking at me like do we <laughs> yeah we want to do two and then do four and, and then but more and more people need to do it it's easy Absolutely. 
all we did was ping out a few emails. Like, that is honestly it. And we did watch 100 self-tapes as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And, and, and the decision process was... It was probably the hardest bit of it. That was so... I mean, you were involved. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was that... It was, it was difficult, because um, I think we had about nine yeah so we shortlisted from 100 to 20 to 10 yeah and then and and it was really tricky um and i know that everyone had like really differing like opinions on it and obviously like reading everyone's stories as well about like what they why they needed why they needed it and you're kind of just reading it being like oh my gosh they all deserve it can everyone have it it. yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. can we split it up but no you couldn't but um yeah it was it was really it was a real privilege for me and scarlet to be involved in it and we're really really glad that you guys asked us um And yeah, it, it, I'm so pleased for, for Madison. She yeah. really deserves it. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It, do you know what is also mad, isn't it? It's like, I feel like we've got like another... When, we, when she won, we were like, right, you're in the family now. And I feel like... It's weird, isn't it? I feel like she's our child. Got a little child. <laughs> yeah. like yeah. She's always chatting, always pinging us messages. Yeah, and it's like so, so amazing. And I'm like, I'm so excited to now just what, what's two, three, flourish? Yeah, yeah, ten years yeah. time, be like, well, where is she? Yeah, like, what's yeah, she doing? Yeah. Like, it's amazing. Because that could that could just help so much. Like, even even though like people are like, oh, two grand might not be a lot to some people. To some people, that is oh, two hundred hours yeah. worth of work, if yeah. not more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is which is ridiculous. And you, if you're thinking, right, I've got to pay four hundred pounds for my headshots. That's forty hours worth of work. But I'm in drama school all day, which means that I can only work in the evening. Good. Which means that I need to earn it over like four or five weeks. It's Yes. Whilst paying I mean, fourteen grand a year, yeah, whilst right. paying for your rent, whilst paying for your travel, whilst oh, paying to even eat, more it's... hours work without a labour government. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. So obviously, you guys are offering a lot of opportunity. But how can lack of access to opportunity affect mental health? Um, I think it comes down to um, it's all on you. Mm-hmm. So like. You know, if we've got each other as a company, but obviously you are your own company, and I think you've got you've got no one to compare yourself to apart from the people around you. And when you see the people around and you flourish, mm. your artistry is then stripped away, and it is no longer about your art form; it's about you as an individual. Because all your art form is is a title. I'm an actor. I'm a producer. I'm a I'm a casting director. And if you're seeing the people around you flourish because they've got this access, because they've got a better agent, or because their dad is a, a film producer you start looking inwards on yourself and it then becomes about you personally oh do I not look right am I carrying too much weight have I, have I not carrying enough weight am I and good it, enough yeah am I good enough and then it becomes personal rather than professional mm-hmm. and I think that's when it starts to affect the mental health yeah. because it's about I also me. think uh, it's what what can I do then and you feel lost mm. like if I haven't got money to go to a workshop, if I didn't go to the best drama school, if I haven't got the best agent, then why don't I just give up then? Mm-hmm. Well, no, I can't because I love it or I mm-hmm. want to do it. Do you know what I mean? And I also think this is quite a sad thing because it transpires across the whole industry. Like I had it when it took me like a year and a half to get into agency jobs and stuff like that. And it's like, you just get to the point where like, I remember having an absolute breakdown late last year. I was like, like what am I doing it for? Mm-hmm. Like I think you forget that like you love it, but you're like... Like, we're literally putting ourselves through hell to do it because we love it. But then I think you, it's putting placements in, like Carl says, like, I know that if I feel, like, rubbish, I've got, like, my little favourite list on my phone that I'm just cool. Like, do you know what I mean? But it's it's so hard. Mm-hmm. So hard. It's, yeah, it's... I, again, it's different for everyone. Yeah. You know, it's... It, it, and I think it goes back to what we answered earlier, is that 
you know, if, if you've been fortunate enough to register, this is the point in which this activates this and you can see through that, great. But if you haven't kind of got to that stage yet, and it happens at different stages for everyone, some people may never get there, some people may have been there since day one. Like, everything is objective and subjective, but you, yeah. as an actor, you don't realise that it's all about you and I'm not good enough. But, like, from personal experience, from seeing people around me, from seeing these guys, there is so much more. In fact, the thing that it's probably least about is your talent. Mm, but, I agree. Like, but you don't see that, and you will never see that. We've been lucky enough to sit in on auditions and I've been lucky to lucky enough to be part of chats and, you know, casting chats. And, you know, you just want to take hold of the actor when they finish auditioning and go, whatever happens, this is not, yeah. you know... That was like, brilliant. Yeah. Like, you did a good yeah, job. Like, you were fantastic. You were phenomenal. You are phenomenal. And... Sorry if you don't get this, but... You know, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's... I don't know, mate. It's a cesspit of horribleness, really. Yeah, it literally is. It's a cesspit yeah. of horribleness because... There is, there, you're literally helpless. You're okay. helpless and at times hopeless. Yeah. And that's... And more often that than happy. Ecstatic, yeah. Because yeah. even when an actor will get a job, it's going to end. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Someone said to me, the happiest you will ever be is after you put the phone down when you get the phone call, you've got the job. Because before you get it, you're like, oh, I've not got it, I've not got it, I've not got it, I've not got it, I've not mm-hmm. got it. And then you get it, you're ecstatic, and then you get it and you go, I can't do this, I'm rubbish at this, this isn't going my way. So the happiest you'll ever be as like an industry professional is the moment you get the phone call to tell you you've got the job. So keep your agent on the phone for as long as you yes. <laughs> Just keep yeah. talking about yeah. Wait, just tell me one more time, yeah. one more time. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. So if you could go back in time and just chat to your former selves when you started Jam and when you were getting things going... What advice would you give yourself with the benefit of hindsight? I think uh, the, I have a habit of doing it, and I think everyone does, but it's end gaming is how Mark mm. Street used to describe it. And it's not even just in acting, it's in life. Like, I am, I th- I am the kind of person that has to have something to worry about. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? So articulated. Yeah. Like, but I know I do it, yeah, but I can't not do it. Yeah. So, like... I, like, I remember, do you remember when we were casting Who Cares like we had this list and then I was like no 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 we need more we need more and like 3 o'clock in the morning I put these suggestions into the group chat aren't I? and then Liam replies at like 8 going thank you for those messages all night and I was like sorry but, but it's, it's that thing it's like I reckon I probably would have enjoyed drama school like a lot more if I had just gone actually I'm here for 3 years this is probably the most secure I'll ever get in this industry mm, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to actually enjoy it so I think that would be it um, yeah great I think I would tell myself write this might sound weird but write everything down write more down make more notes and now what I do now is timeline everything and, and write just keep writing don't stop writing but like that Hamilton musical thing <laughs> um, just keep writing because the best thing when I've had some really dark days and I'm trying to get a lot of work done and also, like last year, we were producing Digging Deep, and I was living the wonderful freelance life, mm. um, which is very frightening. The best thing for me, apart from doing sport, was writing everything down. And there it is. So it's it's a finite amount of stuff to do. And I panicked a lot in drama school. Like I was trying to learn everything, trying to obviously work at the pinter, same as these guys, trying to make a living, um, pay rent. And the second I started to learn to write everything down so that I've always got my list of what I need to do. It just calmed me down so much more. So it sounds like a slightly superficial thing, but honestly, lists, 
if anyone's listening to this, <laughs> lists are your friends and you should write it down. And that's, you could do it on your phone if you want, but I, I find writing down mm. pen and paper, it's there, it can be ticked off and once it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. Um, it doesn't need to be jumbled up in your head at all. It yeah. really doesn't. It can come out. See how much you've achieved. Mm. Yes, yeah. I've done yeah. X, Y, and Z. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love it. Does a make list. you feel good once it's all ticked yeah. off. Yeah. It really does. And then, then the list can go on forever. It doesn't matter if you. Not my list to list. you. <laughs> my list to you is never ending, isn't it? You never end. That's <laughs> the beauty of you, mate. Yeah, I think there's 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 so much stuff that I would tell myself, and like, I got into a bit of trouble while I was at Artset just because I used to tell people how it was, and no one really liked it. <laughs> And, like, I still do that now, but it's just because, like, like I love what I do. Like, love what I do, and it just dumbed my head in that there was people there just fucking about all the time because they didn't want to be there. And I think, like, in the best way possible, I got into a lot of trouble for it, but actually, if I look back now, throw your weight about a bit more. Mm-hmm. Like, in the most professional and disciplined way that you can, but actually, like, i seen other people's training and other people's progression detrimented because other people didn't want to or couldn't be asked being there um, and so I think if I could go back do what you'd done on the day you got in trouble more I think mm. <laughs> oh, I, like that. I love that there. That's good. it's um, I think people are often scared to be like actually no I have an opinion like through fear <laughs> like, in everyday life as well in this industry it's like no I don't like that or like yeah. well, I feel uncomfortable in this situation or x y and z yeah um so many yes people, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, there was too many yes people. And I am I was a fiend for it. And then um, top, my best piece of advice that I learned from drama school, and I share this at every outreach workshop I do or anyone I meet, anyone I can tell it to, I think it's an Oscar Wilde quote, but Tom Attenborough told us, didn't he? He was like, you can only be you because everybody else is taken. Mm-hmm. And like, when you really sit there and think about that, it's like, do you know what? Yeah. Like, it's empowering, isn't it? It's because you're just like, do you know what? Yeah, like there is only one Christian ball, there's only one you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, embrace that and be you. Because we're in an industry where if you can own who you are and what you are, what you do, what you bring, like you're thri- yeah, what you bring for free mm-hmm. as you as a person, you'll thrive. Because mm-hmm. it's just having that confidence and that reassurance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need to celebrate ourselves more yeah. as an industry, yeah, as actors, man. as producers, directors, we'll writers, we'll candlestick makers. We we'll take too long looking in the mirror and going, oh, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, but mm-hmm. actually how have we got to standing in front of that mirror? Yeah. Looking back at what we've achieved, what we've done well, because we spend too much time beating ourselves up. Like, I had a, ch- a chat with a, a friend the other day about it all and kind of, you know, we're both in very similar positions. We worked together this time last year and just chatting about, like, our development and actually looking at how often we're actually in work because when you finish a job, you're going, it's never going to happen again. But actually, when you look back on it, you know, you've been employed, like, once every three months. So for what, why, for whatever reason, is that just going to stop? Or like what, you're not going to lose anything. You're never going to lose anything. So just keep doing what you're doing and it will come. And it's, you know, the best bit of advice I ever got, I think. And it's the most articulate advice ever, as you'll be here, is it's going to happen. It's whether or not you can be asked waiting. Mm. And that for me was the best advice ever. Like it's going to happen. It's whether or not you can be asked waiting. And I think whether or not you can be asked waiting is where you find the people who are doing it for the love of it and people who are doing it for the culture of it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what, like, really... Empower- I like have these little sentimental moments sometimes. It's like, when I look at what we're doing, it's like, do you know what? You're, like, people... Like, I fully believed that I was defined by, uh, like, where I was from 
and what job my mum does and blah 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 and then you have to actually just go do you know what like there are no barriers like if you work hard enough and if you believe in yourself mm. you will break down any wall you want to because you'll just be unstoppable like do you mm. know what I mean and I fully believe that like and we and what we're doing is proving that like I, I do believe like I really do believe I believe it yeah yeah totally so guys what is next for Just Add Milk well, next up we have our um, next show, Who Cares, at Vault Festival 2020, which is in, what, five weeks? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Better start making a show. Um, and it is a play written by the wonderful Connor Hunt. Um, and it's a play about a boy who lives with uh, muscular dystrophy. And his name's Jamie. And his friend Daniel runs a pub which is being shut down um, because of austerity and Jamie finds himself in a dilemma because this pub The Crown is the only place he feels safe um, and as he says normal uh, it just makes him feel normal um, so, I, so I, I guess the play is about exploring it's not a play about disability Connor's made that very clear but it's about how community can be saved and how friendships form in the most unlikely places there we go um, and how we're trying to normalise everything um, it's a play about friendship isn't it it's, yeah, it's a play about and it's a comedy yeah it's, it's hilarious it really is I'll try <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's running at Vault Festival on the 21st of February which is a Friday until the 23rd of February which is a Sunday and there's two shows on the Saturday 22nd so it's a matinee as well for the early birds um, and it's our it's our second show together uh, as uh, you see us now, um, and Lynn Gardner picked it as one of her top picks for Vault Festival, which is was great. We have a great, great relationship with Lynn. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she loves friends. us. She absolutely loves us. But yeah, so that was great. And and what was amazing about that is we managed to find the only actor on Spotlight registered with muscular dystrophy, which, is which was mad. And he's amazing. And he's incredible. Wow. He, his name is Reese Pantry, and he came into our audition for the play in December, and we ended up rewriting the whole play for him. For him, yeah. because he had muscular dystrophy, he was absolutely incredible, and we would, but he was a bit too old for what we had. Yeah. So Connor was like, "I'll rewrite the narrative," and we rewrote it for him. But it's it's amazing. He's extraordinary. It's hopefully going to be amazing. It is going to be amazing. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that's what's next. Yeah. and if you're not on our mailing list please do join it <laughs> how can they join the listen, mailing list listen this <laughs> mailing list is the one you have to join this if you want to come and see um, see who cares you can go onto the, the Vault Festival website but our mailing list gives you exclusive early bird access to our workshops and as we said earlier there's only a limited amount of spaces per workshop 16 is it yeah. 17 it's tops. between 16 and 17 and the reason we do that is so that every single person unlike most workshops every single person gets one-on-one time with the casting director which is or professional the visiting yeah yeah whoever yeah yeah um so go into the mailing list join it and you will find out for anyone when when the re- workshops are released. We also www.justamnotjump.com. <laughs> <laughs> we also have a section on there as well. This is uh, just an extra thing: is when we do our mail outs, we do a friends of jam at the bottom, and it's like so. Say like there's a podcast that you want to promote that week, so we put it on there. Or like Liam had free tickets for the park once, so we put it on there for people to claim and stuff like that. Yeah. And it, it's like we're trying to build a community of people. Do yeah. you know what I mean, it's not just uh, it's what it needs to be. Yeah. yeah, everyone's supporting each other. Yeah, exactly Absolutely. that. Yeah, it is a community. Um, the jam community. 
team. So was it Team Jam? Hashtag Team, hashtag hashtag team Jam. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Oh, amazing. So finally, our final question. Could you walk into a room today and say, I'm having a bad mental health day? A rehearsal room, yes. An audition room, no. Yes, I can. And I'm very lucky that I have an extraordinary manager called Dawn James who um, encourages it. Yeah, I think I'd be fine in my job the other end. Like, so I work now in casting and agent inside and I think I'd be fine. Great. Excellent. Thanks, boys. So, before we finish, we do have a final game. <laughs> I thought you had a present for me. No, sorry. <laughs> called Finish the Sentence. So it's not quite as quick fire as the word association game. Again, we're going to go round. Okay? So, Carol, we'll start with you. Today I woke up and thought... Oh, Yes. <laughs> you sound like the Churchill dog. Oh yes. <laughs> Should we go again? Do you want to go again? No, no, keep oh, that. I like that. Great. My favourite film of the last year was Star Wars. My dead or alive party guest would be Pamela Anderson. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> yes. Oh god. Love I'm it. a monster. Take it that seriously. I know. If I was stranded on a desert island, I would bring. Pamela and chicken. <laughs> That's what you prefer. Pamela Anderson. A tooth brush and toothpaste. Oh, yeah. January is great because I don't have to do a tax return. I did because I did mine late. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, pineapple on a pizza is disgusting. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. But Scarlet, Scarlet's not here to defend yeah, herself. I'll defend, no. uh, Scarlet, I will defend you. Pineapple on a pizza is unbelievable. No, no it's <laughs> not. I'm all about meat feast. Yeah, yes. with pineapple. No. Or whatever. Give me that pepperoni. Um, my favourite Netflix watch is... What is it? You know what it is, because you're laughing. <laughs> so say what it is. At a minute, the R. Kelly thing. Oh, Surviving R. Kelly. Surviving R. Kelly. Mm. Everyone should be more... Friendly. <laughs> and finally, mental health to me is scary. Yeah. Mm. There we go. Boys, thank you so much for joining me. It's no, been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Industry Minds. If you're interested in our counselling services, please email Mary at industryminds.co.uk. For all other inquiries, please email info at industryminds.co.uk. Make sure you subscribe and follow us on social media at industrymindsuk. You can find out about all our future guests and our future events on there. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Au revoir. See you in a bit.